You're a 415er. 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. All right, welcome into the newest edition of the 415ers podcast, coming at you three times a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. I am Evan Giddings, pleased to be joined by none other than Dave Palais from the Bolt City Podcast. Coming up north from down south, the Niners, of course, taking on the Chargers this weekend on Sunday Night Football. Dave, thank you so much for joining the program. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I love it. Well, obviously, it's a big matchup this weekend between... Uh, you know, two West Coast teams right now, two prominent West Coast squads, the Chargers at five and three coming off uh, a win, hard fought win down in Atlanta. The Niners are, of course, coming off of a bye week. But but Dave, where I want to start is to me that this is a game that is significant for both sides and a win could mean a lot for both sides because the Niners are obviously trying to get back above 500, but a win against a Chargers team and one that coming into the season, a lot of people had high hopes for would be sort of their first marquee victory. Whereas the Chargers, at least from the West, uh, the, the NorCal perspective, people are kind of looking at them as, you know, we don't know which kind of team they are. They, they've had some fortunate victories, one last week against the Falcons. So a win yep. for them would also be significant to kind of prove people wrong in a way. Both sides, I think, are approaching this game in similar routes, despite them maybe having slightly different records. Yeah, you know, this Charger team going into the season, there's such high hopes. And it's not easy being a Los Angeles Chargers fan because – you know, you look at the city of L.A. and your entertainment dollar and you go on, OK, where does that go? Does that go to the Dodgers? Does that go to the Lakers? Does that go to USC, UCLA football? There's always something in Los Angeles, obviously, with two teams in every sport. The thing is with the Chargers, this year was a little bit different because the Rams are coming off a Super Bowl win. They share a stadium with the, the world champions. And everyone was saying, man, the Rams are, are ready to go. I mean, you have Cooper Cup and you have Aaron Donald who's excited about his new contract. And now they're just starting to roll. Matthew Stafford, a second year. And you're going, can you get that fan base? So the way it's looked in Los Angeles is the Rams are the old style football fans, but the Chargers are the fans of the young people. And young people are going to be interested in guys like Justin Herbert and the roster they have. And so one thing we talked about on the show a lot as we were building into the season was the top 100 players, you know, everyone waits for that list to come out. Well, the Chargers set a record. They had eight players on that list. That has never happened in, in the NFL before. And, and you're going, man, this team is loaded. And just like every team, you have injuries. It's always seems like the Chargers have a little bit more. But, you know, Joey Bosa goes out. You know, Cleo Mack's been better than we thought. Van Noy's been a disappointment. You know, J.C. Jackson was a huge bust who we thought we were getting the, the best cornerback in football. And he was a disaster when he was healthy. Then he's out. Uh, for the Chargers, this team has, has, you know, not to make excuses because sports fans hate that, but Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler make this team go. And yeah. both those guys are extremely good and extremely dangerous. So, you know, you keep an eye on number 10 and number 30. I think that's where your focal point is. You're going into the, the game if you're a 49er fan saying, well, what else are we looking at? We stop Herbert, we stop Eckler. What are we focusing on? The Chargers don't have any healthy wide receivers. You know, Joshua Palmer, who was, you know, uh, one of those guys you talk about in preseason games, man, keep your eye on number five. Well, he hadn't played well until the last game against the Atlanta Falcons, where he caught eight balls. And, and I believe he should have had, uh, should have had nine. One was called yeah. back because a lineman went downfield. 
I think but, he also dropped one that turned into an interception. He, oh my goodness, you're absolutely right. As uh, <laughs> we said, you know, skillet hands, you know, yeah. ca- catch the ball. Um, so it's been disappointing. You nailed it though. They haven't had that big win. They've had some major losses. You know, they, the the big losses that really hurt were Jacksonville at home, and it wasn't a close game. Jacksonville came to SoFi Stadium and blew them out. And then you look at Seattle on the schedule, and I don't think people realize Seattle was going to be what they are. And Seattle had no problem with them at all. And so Charger fans extremely frustrated. So you're trying to build, you know, not only succeed inside the division and you're chasing the Chiefs, which have been the dominating team in the AFC, but also you you want to take care of business at home. And that's bad for people you're trying to get to become season ticket holders and jump on this Los Angeles Charger bandwagon that the Chargers are working so hard to get people noticed because the fan base really isn't San Diego anymore, even though it's only a two hour drive. Most people in San Diego are extremely sad to see them leave. And it's the hatred of, you know, L.A., that city to the north is how they feel in San Diego. It's not vice versa, by the way. Los Angeles does not feel that way about San Diego. They look at it kind of like going to Santa Barbara. It's a nice place to go (laughs) for a week. But there is hatred towards San Diego to Los Angeles. So when you look at the the team, and and yeah, they have a 5-3 and record. I think most Charger fans will tell you they haven't played – uh, to what they thought they were capable of doing. And I thought the game that, out of all the games we just mentioned, the game that probably hurt the most, but you saw it coming, was the one they lost to the Chiefs. And that's one where Justin Herbert broke his ribs and they had the injuries and, you know, the, the tight end all of a sudden, um, they're trying to rush a ball back to him when he's asked on the sideline, get, I need help. And for some reason, they call the play for him. It turns into a turnover, the whole deal. But those are the games the Chargers have to win. Good teams win those games. And after the 49er game, the Chargers will take on the Chiefs on another Sunday night football matchup. But we use the word on our show all the time, identity. And do the Chargers have an identity? And right now they haven't proven that they have an identity of what they are, whether that's good or bad. All I can tell you is the first half of the schedule was supposed to be an extremely easy part of the schedule. We thought they'd be 7-1 by this point of the season. And the second half is where they'd run into the playoff teams and start to struggle. So the fact they're five and three, yeah, it's a winning record, but the second half of the schedule is extremely difficult for the Chargers. Yeah. And speaking of identity, the 49ers have sort of, I think, developed or found one with their injection of Christian McCaffrey at the trade deadline. And now every fan is looking forward to what that offense is going to look like. The defense is getting healthier. There are guys coming back. Unfortunately, Jason Verrett went down with a season ending Achilles injury. Shocker. Uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) And of course, Chargers fans know about that. I think seven of his nine professional seasons now have ended on the IR. So the the guy just unfortunately can't stay on the field. Um, but but that's where actually I wanted to to talk to you about the injuries specifically for the Chargers because you mentioned Bosa being out. Um, Keenan Allen has missed a lot of the season. Mike Williams has gone down every game. But but I guess could you combine what he did in two games? He's played one game this year, if even yeah. that. JC Jackson, of of course, with the broken kneecap. Uh, Rashawn Slater, a torn bicep. uh, I believe the same week that Bosa went down. So, like, and then of course Herbert's got the you know kind of the rib cartilage injury. We're still not exactly sure how much that's ailing him. I thought he looked at least a little more like himself against Atlanta, but you're not sure how close to 100 he is. If you had to choose kind of an, an injury on the Chargers that's been the most impactful. That's something that we've tossed around for the Niners throughout this year because you know Trent Williams has been in and out. Um, Nick Bosa missed a game. Debo Samuel's questionable return yeah. along with a couple of linebackers for them. Eric Armstead. If there was a guy who's been, I think, missed the most on the Chargers, who do you think that would be? I'll be honest with you. I think it's Keenan Allen. 
you know, and, and Keenan Allen, you know, for people who aren't aware, injured his hamstring in game one, came back, tried to play a few weeks ago, and then couldn't finish the game. But it's been the hamstring injury with Keenan Allen. It's just he's one of those guys that even though he's not the fastest receiver in the league, I think he's the best route runner in the league. And he's always find always finds a way to get open. And so for uh, Justin Herbert, uh, I think you're going to find out later on that this injury to his ribs is more severe than we let on because if you watch the Chargers and you'll see it on Sunday night, he doesn't attempt to pass more than 20 yards. He, they just don't let him ever air it out. And you wonder how healthy is he. But I think uh, Keenan Allen, you know, I would love to tell you Joey Bosa, as we say on our show all the time, Joey Bosa is not Nick Bosa. There's a big yeah. damn difference. And to the point where you watch Joey Bosa and you go, Dude, what happened to the kid from Ohio State? Like, how bad do you <laughs> want it? And it becomes very frustrating. You never see a guy in the NFL, I think, pull himself at a more place than Joey Bosa constantly. It could be third and eight. And you go, all right, well, this is where we need Joey Bosa to step up. And he's running to the sideline. I need a breather. And it's been frustrating his whole career. But the Chargers have paid for him like he's on his way to the Hall of Fame. And he's not that guy. He's not Nick Bosa. He's not his brother. Um, it, it's, so when he got hurt, we kind of just shrugged our shoulders and said, what do you expect? He wasn't he wasn't as good as you know we we thought he was, and it was to me one of those. I think the Chargers have wasted a little bit of money. That the surprise has been Khalil Mack has been yeah. the surprise. I think a lot of people thought there wasn't anything left in the tank, but Khalil Mack has been outstanding for the reuniting Chargers. with uh, with Brandon Staley, who was his linebacker coach exactly. in Chicago. Exactly, and that's it's been a huge plus team leader the whole deal. Um, but I, I would say overall, going back to your, your question, great question. We haven't even brought this up on our show, was what what injury do you think is the biggest one? I'm going to steal that today when we do our show later tonight and, <laughs> uh, good, yeah. and ask those guys the same thing. But I, I would go Keenan Allen. I'd go Keenan. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you just because – and I think, sure, the, the rib has absolutely impacted Justin Herbert's ability to move the ball down the field, but also he just hasn't had many options – that can get down the field and get open. Like you're talking about how Keenan Allen can. So I, I, I think that's valid. Um, one of the big concerns for the Chargers, I'm sure looking at a Niners team is their ability to run the football right now. The Chargers yeah. are giving up 5.7 yards per carry. That's last in the NFL. Um, I mean, do you, do you see that changing at all against a Niners team that likes to pound the rock and now has basically a new toy in the backfield in Christian McCaffrey? I'll be honest with you. This game, out of all the games on the Chargers schedule, this is the one that I'm afraid is going to be bad. Is mm. uh, all the other ones I look at and I go, you know, the Chargers plan up to, you know, their capabilities can can win this win any against any opponent. This matchup to me against the Niners is is the worst one, and that was even before you got Christian McCaffrey. The fact that you have Debo, from what we're hearing down here, is that Debo is supposed to play. You obviously yeah. know more more than us. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, though, is, is a freak. And everybody knew, you know, all the way through. If you play fantasy football, I mean, he was the guy you wanted, assuming he was going to stay healthy for the last few years. Now you have two of those weapons. You have two guys on your offensive side of the ball that are almost impossible to match up with and stop. Two of them. One of them's tough enough. If if you guys hadn't acquired Christian McCaffrey, we'd be talking for an hour about Debo. And now the <laughs> yeah. fact that you have two of them, it's like, I'll be honest with you, all three of us who do our show as such fans of what the Niners are doing right now, we did our our midseason picks to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. We all picked the Niners. And so this matchup on Sunday night, I think, is, is a scary game, not only for the Chargers to think about winning, just not to be almost embarrassed. And not to say you're throwing the towel in, but remember, the Chargers have two Sunday night football games back-to-back. Uh, would not surprise me that they beat the Chiefs. That to me, they, they were better than the Chiefs when they faced them early in the season on that Thursday night game. 
this 49er matchup to me is a terrible matchup for the Chargers. And, and just as you said, it starts with the basic football, the run. You can't stop the run. You have no chance. It might be a little bit boring for football fans that are excited to watch, you know, the, the two teams with young talent. But the Niners, hey, it's about winning games. And they're just going to, to me, they're going to control the clock and run. I don't see how the Chargers can stop it. Yeah, it is interesting just because the, the Niners have had two amazing looking wins on their schedule so far, but both have been against the Los Angeles Rams, who, as we were kind of talking about before we started recording, they've had their number in the regular season, having won their last eight games. Um, yeah, bad news for you guys. Uh, Debo Samuel was a full participant <laughs> on Wednesday, <laughs> along yeah. with Jimmy Ward, Kyle Juszczyk, uh, also yeah. Jawan Jennings in there. So the Niners are certainly getting healthy. Yeah, uh, it, and that's probably it, a reason I mean, why it's a seven point spread right now in favor of the Niners at home. Yeah, it, 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 boy, isn't it funny that we end up talking spreads, you know, so many times, and, and we do it on our show too. Um, I would, man, I would, I would take the Niners, you know, I, honest God, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. The roster, I, I love how they're all in. To be honest with you, from from our side, you know, covering the Chargers on a weekly basis, you hate to see people get injured, but to me, going with your young quarterback and, and Lance didn't seem to make sense to me of going, you guys are this close to being a Super Bowl team again. I don't think you're a Super Bowl team with Trey Lance. I'm not saying Garoppolo is a top 10 quarterback, but at least you have a guy who's a veteran that's been there before, has a tremendous winning percentage. And now that you even have Christian McCaffrey, I, I think I think the Niners set up for, for a, a great run through the playoffs. And, you know, uh, for me, I, I picked Philadelphia to go 17-0 this year. And you look at their schedule. Oh, wow. <laughs> you look at their schedule and you're going, well, who's going to challenge them? I think Vegas odds, I just looked at it today. There's only one game that Philadelphia is not favored to win, and that's at Dallas. Yep. Otherwise, they're favored to win the rest of the games. But I think they don't win in the playoffs. I think you're going to see the, the Niners as the team that represents the NFC because of their weapons. I don't, I don't know a team in the NFL, when you get rolling, it, who's going to stop this Niner team? I, I don't, don't see it happening. I think it's going to be – you know, Buffalo, KC, one of those teams that would have to match up against them defensively to give them any chance at all of uh, keeping the Niners from doing what Niner fans want to see them do, and that's win a Super Bowl. Uh, the only thing keeping the the Niners, I think, for me, from maybe winning the Super Bowl is the one thing that could keep the Chargers in the game on Sunday, and that's number 10, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. versus Justin Herbert. And that's kind of where I want to wrap up this podcast. Yes. I, I, think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is... He, he's a fine quarterback. He's he's all right. Uh, he's Jimmy Good. That's that's pretty much what I call him. <laughs> it's, it's very um, good. Jimmy Good, not Jimmy Great. Uh, whereas yeah. Justin Herbert, of course, has such a more volatile um, slate of performances going through his first now you know two and a half years thereabouts. But but to me, and you know, I kind of want to get your prediction on on the game. To me, that's the only reason why I could see the Chargers covering and maybe being able to sneak out a win is just because you have the wild card of number 10 on your side, whereas you have exactly pretty much, uh, you know, a penciled in 220 yards, one touchdown, maybe a turnover, Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side. He's much more easier to project than a guy like Herbert. Do you feel like that that might be the only avenue for the Chargers to win this game? Uh, before I get your prediction, I, I, have, I have the Niners winning this game, and I think it's going to be like 30 to, to 20. So I, I would take them to cover the spread as we're talking about, uh, but I'm curious what, what you think the result of this game is going to be. Justin Herbert's very interesting because uh, anyone who's ever met Justin Herbert, you become a fan immediately. I mean, he's the kind of guy that you'd invite over to the barbecue, a party, whatever. He's, he's really nice guy. 
but it, there's a point where you have to walk in that room to me if you're an NFL quarterback. You are the face of the franchise, you know, and, and the average football fan can't name a bunch of players on different teams, but they all know who the starting quarterback is. And Justin Herbert is almost almost too nice of a guy. Like I was really hoping when the trade deadline was approaching that you would see Justin Herbert went into Tom Telesco's office and said, look, man, you got to help me out. I got receivers who are broken down. Um, you know, I, I think we have talent to win. The Chiefs, to me, are, are, are a team that we, we can play with them. Right now, they're, you know, a game behind them. They, they can even that up in, in a week, depending what happens with uh, this game. But Justin Herbert isn't that guy. He's, he's not that guy. Not saying you have to be a jerk, but at the same time, take control. This is your franchise. Justin Herbert is the franchise. Austin Eckler might be the MVP of the team, but this is Justin Herbert's franchise. We look at his overall record. It's a 500 record. It's, he's never been to the postseason. So one of the big talks in Southern California was who was the better quarterback? Was it Tua or was it Justin Herbert? And Charger fans were saying, oh, we, we got the better quarterback. Well, right now, you know, Tua is an MVP candidate. Miami's a, a team everybody's talking about, maybe the most exciting team to watch in the NFL. Not saying that that Herbert can't be that guy, but I'd say it's frustrating. And unfortunately, what's going to start happening in Justin Herbert's career at this, if it stays the same, People are going to start pointing the finger at him, going, it's his fault. And probably isn't his fault, but that's the way fans are going to look at it. Because this is a 500 quarterback, and you don't want him to be in the same situation as Jimmy Good. You want him to be one of the elite quarterbacks. And yeah. for someone like me who's watched Charger football for more than 30 years, I'll honestly tell you, I think he's the best quarterback this franchise has ever had. I think he's better than Dan Fouts. He's better than Phillip Rivers. Uh, you know, Drew Brees wasn't Drew Brees when he was here. But he has all the potential to be the guy. And to, to me, I don't think the Chargers exactly are putting them in the right spots to be the guy. I don't know if they have the right offensive coordinator, the right head coach, and definitely not enough weapons when you're looking at all the receivers go down and you're relying on your number three guy to be the guy. Because there's even a, there's not a number one, number two, number four, number five, even behind Joshua Palmer that can help him at this point. That Herbert needed major help, yet good teams went out and made deals to, to make that run like the Niners did and the Chargers didn't. And so I'll give you my final score. I don't think it's going to go well for the Chargers this week. It's the only time I've ever picked against the Chargers this entire year. I'm looking at 34-13. I think uh, 49ers run this game, control uh, from start to finish. They control the clock. They control everything that goes with it. And I think the Chargers have, have a, a tough time in this one. I expect them to bounce back the following week against the Chiefs. But I think this matchup with the Niners is a terrible matchup for this Charger team. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Dave, uh, the last, I think, four games that I have predicted have gone the opposite way. So I picked <laughs> against the 49ers. I picked for the 49ers. I'm 0-4 I'm on 2-2 on two and two for the Niners. So maybe that that's some, there's some solace in that for you guys. Oh, my God. Well, I will tell you this. In last week's game against the Falcons that the Chargers won, I told the guys I do the show with that if the Chargers lost to the Falcons, I would walk from Atlanta back to Los Angeles. Thank goodness <laughs> the Chargers pulled that out. But my uh, one of my co-hosts, uh, Mario Heron, uh, said he would punch himself in the face as hard. I as saw he this. Could. I saw he this, saw, and he did it. I was so uncomfortable, but he almost almost broke his orbital bone. But he did. He punched himself in the face as hard as he could, and uh, it was it was one of those like he wants to see him do well, and you, and you shake your head if you're a Charger fan. But it's been like this from franchise history. It's just there's an empty trophy case. And when are they going to finally put it together? And so I don't think it's this weekend against the Niners, but 
I think they're capable of, of, of putting some wins together here and making a run in the postseason. I was going to say, it might be the 49ers punching the Chargers in the mouth this weekend. <laughs> we, will, we will certainly see. Uh, Dave Palais from the Bold City Podcast. Go follow him wherever you download your podcast, along with the rest of his crew. Dave, we appreciate you so much hopping on the 415ers, man. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.